Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm Sarah and I'm back and I'm super excited as you can tell. And I'm Katie and I'm so happy to be reunited <laughs> and I'm very giggly because we just, <laughs> we just recorded a Patreon episode and if you're a, a patron member you need to run over there and listen to it because Sarah had me on the floor. So <laughs> I'm a nasty motherfucker and I shared a too personal story, but there you go. I'm back. What can I say? It's been a while. Hi, everyone. And we've missed her dearly. <laughs> I have to say, as always, a huge thank you to Katie. She kept the ball rolling and was on top of shit and recording and getting content out for you guys. So. We all love and appreciate Katie, and a big thanks to Kelly for being a co-host while I was out. I listened to the episodes, well, one of them today while taking a bath, and I told Katie I was laughing hysterically, so well done. (laughs) Yeah, she was great, and yeah, no no problem. It was easy with with Kelly, Uh, but yeah, I'm happy to have you back. We've We've missed you and your oh. your stories and <laughs> your exclamations and all of it. <laughs> I yeah, I'm very excited to be back. Just so you guys know, I wasn't avoiding you on purpose. I miss recording every time I have to miss. I'm just absolutely gutted. But my wonderful mother-in-law broke her hip and she was in the hospital, so it was a bit hectic and yeah, yeah it was a whole thing. And she actually listened to the podcast while in the hospital for the first time. Oh, she um, did? Yeah. So when I left to go record just now, she's like, "Oh, like because we went over there for them to to watch Rory um, and blah blah blah." And so she was like, "Oh, tell my listeners I say hello." <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, oh, my God. That's uh, I'm so happy that she listened. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. And um, yeah, so I'm happy to be back. But obviously, it was a big hectic. So thanks, Katie, again for stepping in when life is chaotic. Um, oh. And I'm glad to be back. Oh, so happy to record. It's so nice. Oh, yes. It's like therapy. I was like Greg take the boy I love him so much but mama needs a break mama needs mama Mama needs needs just an hour and a half to herself (laughs) (laughs) yeah Sarah was telling me like how she'll she like reads some of the emails that we get or what she'll see some of the comments but then she's like she'll tell me like oh yeah I thought I saw that but you know I wasn't sure if that was real or a fever dream because I don't sleep anymore (laughs) It's legit the case. I have conversations with Greg. I must sound like an absolute, like, I don't even know what kind of person, like, just a sleep-deprived zombie, because I have the same conversation multiple times, and Greg's like, we've already had that conversation. I'm like, oh, see, I don't know, because sometimes (laughs) I think that I've had this conversation, and I haven't, or I look at stuff when I'm nursing him all hours of the night, and I'm like, was that a dream? Or did I see that actually on social media? Or did I see that email? I don't know. So, you know. Yeah. But she's she's here through all of that. And uh, yes. I'm here in a rambling mess. I don't know if I'll make sense. But, you know, anyone else that's sleep deprived, you'll get it. You'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So today's episode, I got the idea because I was on the ex-Mormon subreddit. And I saw this post that I want to read to you. So it says, my TBM, so my true believing Mormon, 
a younger sister and her husband, who are both returned missionaries, were at my house last year when he randomly brought up a place he's hunted in the past called Kolob Canyon and how that is and how that is such a dumb, weird name to which I told them that Kolob is a star within the cosmology of Mormonism and literally a large part of Mormon beliefs. They had no idea what I was talking about. And they got pretty argumentative with me until I literally pulled up the church website. My sister then stormed off for some reason and gave me the silent treatment for the rest of the night. It made me realize these people don't know what the fuck they believe, or nor do they want to know. Whoa. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> this reply was amazing. It said, what has come of this generation of Mormons? I was once so hopeful of them, but now that I know they don't even know about Kolob, I fear the worst. I mean... How are they supposed to hide there if they haven't even heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) So, dear listeners, today we're talking about Kolob. Such a good one because I find it really fascinating and I don't know a lot about it other than that song. There's like a hymn, Uh right? Yeah, we'll get to the hymn. Uh Uh-huh. So, what is Kolob, you might ask uh kolob <laughs> is a star or planet described in the book of abraham which we have covered so if you haven't listened to our book of abraham <laughs> episode you should go back and listen to it because i think it's the one called like god has a big old boner i was gonna say there's something about like penises in it that's what i vividly remember that episode is a lot of uh because we look at the pictures and uh-huh. the the drawings that are supposed to be like actual hieroglyphics and you know yeah yeah it's the book of abraham is based on these papyri that were egyptian that j-dog joseph smith bought from this traveling salesman he bought the mummies and the the sarcophagi this is just just so fucking weird he's just such a weird dude and these these um scrolls were in there and they're they're egypt they were egyptian funerary texts but J-Dog thought that they were ancient writings of Abraham, and he, quote-unquote, translated them (laughs) into this book that is now official Mormon scripture. But it's all, it has been proven time and time again that it it doesn't say anything that he said that it said. (laughs) No, isn't it, like, one about, like, fertility or something? That's why it literally is, like, a penis or, like, a Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. (laughs) So good. I love it. According to the Book of Abraham, a.k.a. J-Dog's Fantasies, uh, (laughs) Kolob is the star nearest to the throne of God. While the Book of Abraham calls Kolob a star, it also calls planets stars. So therefore, some members believe Kolob to be a planet. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. The star also appears in Latter-day Saints culture, including a reference to Kolob in an LDS hymn, which I am going to read to you the first verse of this hymn. It goes, oh, yes, please. Okay. If you could hie to Kolob in the twinkling of an eye and then continue onward with that same speed to fly, do you think that you could ever, through all eternity, find out the generation where gods began to be? Okay. Isn't it so weird when you just hear the words? And I remember singing this in sacrament meeting. See, I remember like in growing up. So 
in Georgia, we never sang this, but I remember because my mom was always the organist and the pianist, like, and I would usually have to conduct music, which, by the way, if you guys ever met me in real life or know me, I'm so not musically inclined, so it's ridiculous <laughs> that I ever had to do that. Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, and, like, we never played it, but I remember seeing it in the hymn book and just being like, what is this song about? I don't get it. What is co-op? Like, what... What is yeah. this? Why we never? Why do we never sing this? You know. Okay, yeah, because I remember singing it, but I didn't really know like what it meant because I don't recall ever getting a lesson about collab. I think because it does sound so bizarre that yeah, I think um, so. they yeah. kind of avoid talking about it. At least, particularly probably to like children and young adults, they're just like this. You know. It, this is very weird. This is very science fiction-y stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember, like, non-Mormons asking me about it or saying stuff about it when I was older, like, you know, early or late teens, early 20s, and being a bit like, what are they talking about? Like, that's just anti-Mormon stuff. Because I didn't, I just, <laughs> I'd never heard anything of it. But they would always say, like, oh, you have your own planet or something like that. And I was like, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, co-op, yeah. Yeah, so this is supposedly like the star or the planet that's closest to where God lives because they believe God, a uh, heavenly father, is an actual physical man, like has bodies like us and lives on a different planet. And this this hymn is about it. And if, I, you know, if you could hide to call up high means like to go quickly or to hurry. So like if you could hurry to collab in the twinkling of an eye. It's just so, it's so weird. I'm like the furthest thing from what you would think to be sung in um, like a church service. Like, yeah. It's giving me lots of like Scientology vibes. Yeah. That'll come up later. Oh, <laughs> okay. So Joseph Smith interpreted one set of the hieroglyphics in the book of Abraham, the, the Egyptian scroll as representing quote. Kolob, signifying the first creation, nearest to the celestial or the residence of God, first in government, the last pertaining to the measurement of time, the measurement according to celestial time, which celestial time signifies one day to a cubit. One day in Kolob is equal to a thousand years according to the measurements of the earth, which is called by the Egyptians Ja-O-A. And this is similar to some scriptures in the Bible. There's Psalm 90, uh, 90 verse 4 and 2 Peter 3, verse 8, which says, like, one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So, yeah, I remember that when it's, like, talking about laying down with the, the lion and the lamb and stuff like that, I think. You right? can see where he got that idea, right? Like, he yeah. read the Bible and it said that, but then he puts this in with, like, his cubits of time. And it's just, like... <laughs> oh my god he was off his rocker <laughs> I mean Joseph Smith like he just thought he was really smart I think and like a genius and just like he, you know what I'm he so sure did yeah. he sure did uh okay according to several Mormon writers such as W. Cleon Skousen in his book The First 2000 Years the earth was created near Kolob over a period of 6,000 years, then moved to its present position in the solar system. This hypothesis is based on com comments attributed to JDOG and a passage from the Book of Abraham stating that the garden of in the Garden of Eden, time was measured after the Lord's time, which was after the time of Kolob, for as of yet the gods had not appointed to Adam his reckoning. And some Mormon writers argue that at the end times, 
the Earth will be plucked from the solar system and returned back to its original orbit near Kolob. Uh, okay, so this is just all, like, gibberish to me at the moment. Like, I can't believe there's actual people in the church that are like, yes, this is what I study and I specialize in and uh-huh. perfect science and let me tell you why. And yeah. and they're just, like, so confident that Earth was created near a fictional star and then plucked up and moved and placed where it is now. Because, you know, people, scientists who actually do study the universe and stars have never noticed that before, which is incredible. Yeah, I have in here. Yeah, the the idea that the Earth was formed elsewhere than migrated to orbit around the sun does not accord with the scientific understanding of the Earth's formation, which is that the Earth formed in orbit around the sun about 4.5 billion years ago by accretion from a protoplanetary disk and has remained near its original orbit until the present. So that's exactly. that's the real science, but that the previous was the Mormon science. <laughs> the Mormon science. Oh my god. I feel like <laughs> I don't know why this is making me giggle so much. It's just because every time you get a response from Mormons, it's just like, oh, it's Oh, that makes sense in Mormon science. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, you uh, just have to you just have to erase regular knowledge <laughs> and science and study of anything and be like, oh, this this is the Mormon one. <laughs> I mean, it's also silly where they're like, yeah, and you know, they plucked they plucked that planet out of the uh, orbit, and then after the second coming, they're going to put it back, <laughs> and that also makes me think like, okay, and also they think that the Garden of Eden is in Missouri, so that's. <laughs> I know. I know. Yikes. Yikes. Okay. So, several Mormon authors have attempted to situate Kolob within modern astronomy. Skousen speculated that Kolob is a star in the galactic center, Sagittarius A, of our own galaxy. This view also had the support of several former general authorities of the LDS Church, including J. Reuben Clark. But in the mid-19th century, early efforts to find a single central sun in the galaxy has failed. So that's not, there's nothing to that. But apparently. Wow. And just a reminder that J. Reuben Clark, everyone, listeners, oh, is also yeah. the one that has his own building at BYU for law school. Yeah. So, and he believed in this Mormon science. So. Just, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. What a, that school, that school that you went <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I got an education. But <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh about it. Ugh. I laugh about it. I just don't even acknowledge it now. When people ask if I went to school, I just like say where I went to school in Berlin. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. so I got my master's in Berlin. They're like, what about your BA? I'm like, oh, this is some place in the States. I just is somewhere in the US. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Um, okay, so that all is weird, but just buckle up. It's going to get weirder. Oh, so, Lord. According to the traditional literal Mormon interpretation of the Book of Abraham, Kolob is an actual star in the universe that is or is near the physical throne of God. According to Joseph Smith, this star was discovered by... That's... Uh, wait, this is throwing me off. <laughs> Methuselah. Why can't I say this word right now? Methuselah. There it is. I was like reading it weird. Okay. Methuselah. Methuselah. I mean, I would struggle with that. On Methuselah the, and Abraham 
So, okay, so the star was discovered by Methuselah and Abraham by looking through the Urim and Thummim, which is a set of seer stones bound into a pair of spectacles. Of course it is. This is J-Dog's special glasses that he puts on when he sits sits his head in a hat. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently Abraham had these, and he looked through them and was like, look, there's Koab! That's where God is! (laughs) And uh, LDS church leader and historian B.H. Roberts interpreted J-Dog's statements to mean that the solar system and its governing planet, which is the sun, revolved around a star known as K.E. Van Rash, which itself revolved with its own solar system around a star called Cleflaus Isses, or Ha-Kol-Kolbeam, which themselves revolve around Kolob, which he characterized as the great center of that part of the universe to which our planetary system belongs. You guys, I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so much Mormon science gibberish that I can't wrap my head around that, like, obviously, again, we say every episode, but that we believed in this shit, but we didn't even know that we we believed in... We didn't even know. I didn't know that I Mm -hmm. believed in Mormon science bullshit, like, this level. I knew it was some level, but this level? I know. It's... It's a lot. Uh, So... Speaking of these weird names, did you know that, according to J-Dog and the Book of Abraham, Kolob isn't floating out there alone? No, no, no. There are 14 other planets, or what he calls fixed stars, in the Mormon cosmos. I kid you not. This is fucking real in Mormonism. And I didn't know about this until just very recently. Like, I feel like also Mormon Cosmo, can we make that a drink? Let's <laughs> let's come up with a drink and call it a Mormon Cosmo. What would we put in it? What would be like Diet Diet Coke? <laughs> Di- a concoction of Diet Coke with a splash of cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper. Oof. Oh, yeah. You're going to need to put some booze in that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I need it to be predominantly booze. Yeah. With- in a splash of something. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> Okay, so here are the names as stated in the Book of Abraham and what we know from the Joseph Smith, the Joseph Smith papers that accompanied the translations, <laughs> the translations. <laughs> so these are the planets. Okay, I'm just going to read you the names and enjoy. So, of course, obviously, the first one is Kolob. Then we have Oliblish, <sighs> e- Enish Goandosh. <laughs> oh, Enish, you go on, Dosh. <laughs> oh, Enish, you go on, Dosh. <laughs> uh, Kai Ven Rosh, Limdi, Zip, just Z-I-P, Zip. It's like he gave up. It's like he's just like, oh, shit, this is too hard to come up with three syllables. Just give it Zip. <laughs> oh, he gets back to the three syllables. Just do it. <laughs> Vusel, Venisti, Wayne. Like, Wayne? No! Like John Wayne. <laughs> not true. You cannot go from these, like, ridiculous made-up names to zip to Wayne. It's clear he just gave up. He's like, ah, oh, can't do it anymore. Okay. Then he gets back on his bullshit with Wago Oxoan. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Oansly. Shibli. Oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, it's like. <laughs> and then Shibli and Shine Fleece 
then just fleece. So sh- shine fleece and fleece, and then the last one is Oz. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what other ridiculousness can I think of? Uh, Oz, like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that sounds like a star planet. Yeah, let's do that. This is where I typed in, this sounds like J-Dog was an L. Ron Hubbard just ahead of his time with for Scientology. Like, this is Scientology this, shit. This is all Scientology, like, honestly. But it's, it's like, the cheapest version. Like, at least I feel like with Scientology, he got a bit more creative. And the storyline was, it was, you know, <laughs> batshit crazy. But, you know, it had some good follow-through. <laughs> this is just like, he just didn't care. It was like, oh, whatever. And it also shows his arrogance again, that he knew he could just come up with this bullshit and people would believe it because he yeah. already manipulated it and just like made them believe this bullshit already that it's like, oh, you know what? I could literally say whatever and have like shine fleece and wane as a planet. <laughs> And people wouldn't think anything of it. Like, what the actual fuck? I know. He made up planets and named them. Enish Do We have a t-shirt that says, I want to live on planet Wayne. Because I feel like, oh my god, Wayne's world. (gasps) Oh my god. That was genius. to shine fleeced in the twinkling of it. <laughs> you can hide to Wayne. <laughs> People believe this shit. People... <laughs> okay. So, um, a little bit of interesting side note. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched Battlestar Galactica. Uh, no, I... I haven't. No. I, haven't... I know of it, though. Yeah. Um, I haven't either, but some of the elements of the Battlestar Galactica TV shows um, are derived from uh, Mormon beliefs because uh, the creator and chief producer, Glenn Larson, is Mormon. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And both of the, the series. So there's the original series from 1978 and there's another one from 2003. But in both of them, the planet Cobol. So not Kolob, but Kobal is okay. the ancient, ancient and distant mother world of the entire human race and the planet where life began. And the lords of Kobal are sacred figures to the human race. They are treated as elders or patriarchs in the old series and versions of the 12 Olympians in the new series. Apparently, this is one of the many plot points that um, Glenn Larson has borrowed from Mormonism. So for any of you out there who watch Battlestar Galactica, that's a fun little nugget oh wow that's really interesting i wonder i know i've I've obviously i know what it is <clears throat> but i feel like i've had a conversation with someone again maybe it was a dream maybe it was reality <laughs> i don't know about Battlestar galactic like i i feel like i know someone who likes it or watches it and so now yeah. i'm um, so interested yeah so i wanted to know how mormons speak about collab because, you know, it's going to be a little bit different than how I just presented it. So <laughs> I found an article on LDS Living, our fave, barf, uh, fave. That, that was titled, Three Fascinating mm-hmm. Things About Kolob Every Latter-day Saint Should Know. So, Oh, this is going to be a gem. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It says, generally defined as the place nearest where God dwells, most of what we know about this briefly mentioned governing star comes from a heavenly astronomy lesson found in the book of Abraham. Here are just a few interesting things we know for sure about Kolob. Oh, so they're, they're so they know for sure. That Mormon <laughs> science is back. <laughs> the heavenly astronomy lesson just sent me, like, Oh, my God. Heavenly astronomy lesson. Okay. So the first thing is that Kolob is the star that governs all others. So from scripture, we learn that Kolob is a huge star, which God has designated as the one to govern even the other governing creations. But what does that mean? Abraham 3.16 explains further that there is always one star greater than another, but that Kolob is the greatest, not because it is the biggest or the brightest, but because it is the one that is closest to God. Joseph Smith adds one more piece of revelation in the first description of facsimile 2. Quote, Kolob signifying the first creation nearest to the celestial or the residence of God. So, We also learn that not only is Kolob closest to God, but it was also his first creation. A creation we can probably assume is near the center of the universe, or at least our galaxy, with God's throne where he sits in the bosom of eternity, who is in the midst of all things. Because that makes sense. Mm -hmm. These ones really think that they know where the center of the universe is. They they know where it is, Katie. This is science (laughs) that we just didn't know. You know, I think... Other scientists outside of Mormon science just all have it wrong and they don't know. Um, Yeah, they just can't. They don't have enough faith. They can't see the greatest star in the universe and they can't see the center of the universe just because (laughs) they're not Mormon. They know the center of the universe and it happens to be a Mormon star slash planet. So. Right, right. Okay. The second thing that every every member needs to know is that Kolob's calculation of time is different than Earth's. So we learn in Abraham 3, 4 4 through 7, that one day on Kolob, Kolob is the same as a thousand years on Earth because Kolob rotates more slowly on its axis. Like, I can't even with how... (laughs) What? It's not a real place. How can you even measure how it rotates? (laughs) What a random fact to just be like, ah, oh, yeah, it rotates. <laughs> what? It's, it's just... Earth, so it's like a thousand years on Earth. And they just accept this. And you know what? This is something I remember hearing. I don't know if it was this specifically, but I feel like I I was taught that, like, Heavenly Father's time was like a thousand Earth years, but for one day. I so... do remember being taught that as well. I don't know in what context, but for some reason, it's like ringing true to me, like where I can remember hearing that quite a few but times. Here they're trying to explain it as like this scientific thing, like that Kolob rotates slower. And it's like, um, sir or ma'am who wrote this, how do you fucking know? <laughs> I would just love if an actual like astrologer or any other scientist, like, were to know these details, just be like, what the actual fuck? Like, ah. Right, right. Like, how what is happening? This is true. <laughs> like, how can they just be like, yes, this is fact. This is true. <laughs> um, but this leads us to another interesting fact that we know. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, their understanding of time was the same as Kolob's, which meant that it was the same as God's. Abraham 5.13 reads, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, 
thou shalt not eat of it. For in the time that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now I, Abraham, saw that it was after the Lord's time, which was after the time of Kolob, for as yet the gods had not appointed unto Adam his reckoning. Okay, that's the end of the quote. And then it says, this makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) This makes sense. Especially when we consider that Brigham Young once explained that earth was created near God and Kolob, but that it also physically fell out of God's presence when mankind did. So again, this is the like, earth was made near Kolob and then it plucked up and got moved. So this is where that comes from. This is the Brigham Young quote. It says, when the earth was framed and brought into existence and man was placed upon it, it was near the throne of our father in heaven. And when man fell, the earth fell into space and took up its abode in this planetary system. And the sun became our light. This is the glory the earth came from. And when it is glorified, it will return again unto the presence of the father. <laughs> I just, I'm so, sitting here, like, honestly scratching my head and just thinking, like, I can't even really fathom that this exists. And it's in the religion that we used to believe in, Katie. I know, and I know. people still believe in. And... Yeah. Also, how much time do people have on their hands to come up with this bullshit? Like, it's a uh, Yeah. This is, and this part is like Brigham Young riffing off of what J Dog did. So, like, J Dog came up with all this weird shit, and then Brigham Young was like, oh, yeah. And also, the earth was moved. It was, it used to be near Kolob, and then it was moved, and it's going to go back later. Like, and well, he's just. <laughs> It's like, but all of the prophets have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, they just, as you exactly said, like, rip off the other one. It's just like, oh, let me add to that. And, like, <laughs> keep, keep building this giant snowball that is full I know. of bullshit. <laughs> just silly, random shit. And I, I also think it's funny, just amusing how they'll quote Brigham Young on something like that. And then they just ignore all the other awful shit he said. <laughs> yeah, because before, you know, doing the podcast and, like, finding out the truth about Brigham Young or you telling me all these, like, you know, the first episodes of the podcast is, like, you telling me, like, horrible things about Brigham Young, I had no idea because I was always brainwashed with, like, these quotes of him that made him seem like he was the best fucking guy ever. And I went to a fucking university named after him. And oh, it oh. was fantastic. And oh. I was like... <laughs> Oh, and now I know they pull random quotes from him that are probably out of context. I'm sure the rest of the quotes would be, like, horrific, but they just take, like, the one that's decent. And yeah. Like, oh, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He got he has a university. He's a good guy. And then you, you realize he's a racist, sexist abuser that believes that the earth randomly plopped where it is. <laughs> And used to be near an imaginary star. Like, okay, sir. <laughs> oh my god, I just yeah. It so always, it kind of goes back to the what we've talked about before with like the leaders that are in the church, like the general authority and the prophets and stuff. Like, do we think that they honestly believe in this bullshit and they've like convinced themselves that they do really speak to God and? that all of this stuff is true and it's like personal revelation, blah, blah, blah. Or do they all know it's just absolute ridiculous bullshit and they're just in it for the money and the fame and like, you know, feeling powerful. Yeah. What do you think? 
I go back and forth and sometimes I'm like, maybe some of them actually believe it. Uh, but I feel like there's got to be at least a portion of them that know it's not real. They have to because they know like the inner workings of the yeah. church and the, how corrupt it is, especially with the money and the business side and how they profit off of, you know, investing, tithing money and all of this stuff and like properties and everything like they have to know. That it's all a a great big MLM and full of shit. Like, right? Or do they really believe that there's this whole other (laughs) Mormon cosmo out there based (laughs) off of Mormon science? I don't know. I just think it's wild. Like, which I do too. I do too. Listeners, tell us what you think. Because I tend to lean towards they've got to know. But maybe the reason that it's so successful is that some of them actually believe and only some of them know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or is it kind of like Scientology where a lot of the people who got to like the highest level were just like, okay, it's really absolutely bullshit and crazy, but I've invested so much into it already that I have to just stick it out. Like I wonder if it's also that too, where they're just like, oh my God, my entire family is in it. I'm like, you know, way deep in it. I'm the prophet now, worldwide recognition, maybe not from outside the church, but like amongst members that can't really back out of it now, right? Or it could be that the church is like as powerful as we think it is because it has a lot of money and there's like, you know, you can't back out type thing. Right. There's the pressure to stay and yeah. maybe potential consequences for leaving. Ooh. Ooh, I just got the shivers. Right? I would see that happening. I feel like it is something like that. Anyway, sorry, that's my tangent. I'm just thinking, this stuff is just so ridiculous that you think, like, people can't actually believe this, right? Right? That's what you'd think. But here's someone writing about it at LDS Living being totally serious. Like, oh, God. (laughs) Okay. This article also has, like, a recipe for jello salad at the end of it as well. (laughs) You know you can find that on LDS Living. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, okay. And the third thing that everyone should know is that Kolob is the source of light for other creations. So, as the first creation and the star nearest to the source of all light, God, it makes sense that Kolob gives its light in a similar way. The explanation for figure five of Veximli 2 in Abraham explains that the planet Enish Goandosh borrows its light from Kolob <laughs> through the medium of, of K.E. Von Rosh, which is the governing power. It also later says that two other stars, Cleophosisis and Ha Kokaubim, also receive light from the revolutions of Kolob. They're, they're literally like just being serious saying those gibberish words. Like, how can they be serious? I just sit here like... And I know I get it. I'm out of the church and obviously we've left and we have a whole podcast about it. But like, how can you seriously sit there and be like, yes, and they take light from the star and this is powered by blah, blah, blah. But then they leave out Wayne. Like, what if they were like, <laughs> Wayne, how they left get light from Wayne? Wayne. <laughs> he got left out. If he got replaced with Akko Cowbeam. <laughs> and Zip. Wasn't that one of them too? <laughs> and Oz. <laughs> Oh, but we can't forget Shine Fleece. <laughs> Shine Fleece. <laughs> and Enish Golondosh. I just can't. Oh, okay. Then it finishes out with this, which is a very, very Mormon way to finish something like this. And I think you'll agree. It says, even if none of the physical ideas about Kolob 
are interesting or logical to you, the analogy it teaches about the Savior and our own place in the universe is profound. Because as Alma reminds us, all things denote there is a God, yay, even the earth and all things that are upon the earth of it, yay, and its motion, yay, and also all the planets which move in their regular form do witness that there is a supreme creator. So just as Kolob is described as the governing star nearest to God, the one that was created first and the star that gives light to all others, so Christ is on the right hand of God, the firstborn of the Father, and a light unto all of us. And if we, like the other stars and planets described in the scriptures, draw closer to Kolob or Christ, so our greatness, glory, knowledge, and happiness will increase. That's what I look forward to thinking about the next time I sing the beloved words of if you could hide to Kolob, because hopefully one day we all will. Wow. So it's just another perfect example of how the Mormon church is like, yes, we know this sounds crazy or ridiculous, but just be faithful and know that like, if you hold true, then you'll have eternal blessings and blah, 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 blah. Like it's so, it's it's so manipulative. Like I just remember feeling that way every time being like, that, that can't be is that right? That sounds really weird, but it's like, no, no, just remember, like, it might sound crazy, but it's not, and just have faith. And- yeah, just have faith, and then they love to, like, they're like, oh, if this doesn't make sense to you, just have faith, but also, until it makes sense to you, you can see it as an analogy for Christ, so it's like, they're exactly. just manipulating you into being like, oh, well, I guess I don't get it, I'm not smart enough yet, so I'll just see it as an analogy for now. That right after they they right after they finished telling you like Clefosisis and Hakokaubium and you're like, well I'm confused and then they're like, oh it's okay if you just don't get it yet if you're just not as smart as us. But for now just think of it as an analogy and just have faith. But it's, it's like so uh, condescending and awful. But then it's also like you make it sound like it's a true science and a true thing and it's not. Yeah, you're over there talking about rotating on axes and sh- and shit like. You make then you're yeah you're talking about it in a literal way and then they're like well if you have trouble with it just um don't think about it too hard it's an analogy but then it's, it's, an like, analogy, no, it's, it's like, not an analogy it's a literal thing there's all these names and like it's I mean, not it's real it's not fake <laughs> god damn it like yeah. hashtag believe in Wayne <laughs> <laughs> should we start a hashtag movie that's like hashtag here Wayne <laughs> Hashtag I believe Wayne. <laughs> Hashtag light the Wayne. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Rails. Rails. Oh yeah, it's just so fucking dumb. Okay. So then I wanted to see. So that was from um LDS Living, obviously. But I was like, okay, what does like just the actual church website, the Church of Jesus Christ? dot org dot com or whatever what do they say so of course they have the lyrics and the music to the hymn if you could hide a collab but then under the like term collab this is all that's there okay it says collab the star (laughs) the star nearest throne of god abraham saw collab and the stars the lord's time is reckoned according to the time of collab that's it and then it just has references to the book of abraham like it in the scriptures that's all it says that's okay so i just thought that was interesting i was like oh 
they I think they know that this is bizarre and they don't really want people like digging. Yeah, they don't want you looking into it. They don't want you like going further than that. So they just put the references to the book of Abraham and you're supposed to be like, oh, right, because it's in there. That makes Yeah, sense. I'll just go read it and learn about Enish Goandosh and Zip. They'd <laughs> be like, that makes sense. And this Got heavenly, it. heavenly Mormon cosmos that <laughs> Mormon ast- astronomy. <laughs> Oh, then that's that's it. That's all I could muster. That's all I could take. But um, cool. I, hope that, I hope that you learned something new today because I definitely did going down. Oh, the stars have aligned. The wings <laughs> have aligned. And... The, wings, the wings and the zips are all holding hands in alignment. <laughs> they have aligned. And I feel like I am, you know, empowered right now from the star. I feel like. Oh my god, there has to be like some type of um ast- it's not astrology, right? I get this always mixed up. Oh yeah. Like, astrology, like so you're a Gemini. Yeah, right. So we should be able to do something with these planets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we definitely can. Which which Mormon planet are you? And we could have an an astrology chart. <laughs> Uh, with all our personalities, uh, I personally, I personally um, feel called to shine fleece, but I don't know. Damn it, you took mine. I feel like then I'm zip. You're on wait. You're on wait. <laughs> I can see you on zip or <laughs> waggle oxalon. <laughs> I don't know. That one sounds oh. pervy to me, so that probably is mine. Quaggle oxalon. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Why walk the Yeah. Anyway, I'm off the rails, but Wow, that was a gem. I cannot believe that A, you've even the amount of research that went into this to come up with this ridiculous <laughs> I can't even is a wow, wow, wow. If you were on the edge on the Mormon church about whether or not to leave, I think this episode, if this isn't drive it in, I don't know what else can. I don't. I don't either. Yeah, this is some super wacky shit. I think, yeah, it just shows how, like you said earlier, how, like, arrogant J-Dog was. He could just write the most bizarre things, and people just believed it. Like, oh, yeah, there's these planets. And this was all, again, this is all from those ancient Egyptian scrolls that were describing, like, funerary texts and then also facsimiles that were hieroglyphs of like Egyptian gods and so none of (laughs) this all he thought this is what that said and convinced others that it did which is mind-blowing wow I just if we only had that power and arrogance and I know what we what we could do what we could do All right, listeners, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, thanks so much, and uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.